Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. From ecological destruction and economic uncertainty to political chaos and systems breakdown and a mass surfacing of individual and collective shadow, our world is experiencing challenging times and darkness envelops us everywhere. These times not only call for innovative science and conscious leadership, but a return to source and a reconnection with self, others, and the earth. We can live resiliently through the dark night of the globe. Our guest today is a vast repository of sacred wisdom and fierce compassion. His voice can be comforting as well as disruptive. He's a one, uh, he's, oh, He's one of my favorite and dear friends and mentors, and I trust you'll be inspired by this conversation today. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I welcome Andrew Harvey, author of 30 books and founder and director of the Institute for Sacred Activism. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much. Mm, thank, thank you for you. your introduction, because this is indeed a massive evolutionary crisis that we are living through that is exploding everywhere. And all the work that I'm dedicated to now is helping people wake up to the extent of the crisis and to find the inner resilience and reconnection and resistance and regeneration within them. And this mm. is why Carolyn and I wrote Savage Grace, which is the book in which we've placed this vision of how to thrive in the dark night of the globe so clearly as clearly as we are able. Yeah. Let, let's let's just dig right into that, Andrew, because I, I love this book, Savage Grace, Living Resiliently in the Dark Night of the Globe. I want to talk about the dark night and yes. what you're talking about, which is going on. But I'm all, I love the Savage Grace piece. And I also really appreciate the Living Resiliently piece. And I mentioned with Carolyn uh, a couple months ago on the show that... In my early career, Andrew, this was, I think this will fascinate you and probably tickle you, but many years ago, a couple decades ago, early in my career as a mental health practitioner and a, a psychotherapist, I was working with a community program and we were, it's, it's when No Child Left Behind first came out and all of our communities were trying to figure out what are we going to do as a state here to implement this and what does this mean? And Alaska came out with some really fascinating research on resilience and resiliency and it was so how amazing yeah and you know what the <laughs> the number one piece of children at risk children children with adverse childhood um, experiences that's what it was called it's called the ace um, continuum the spectrum adverse childhood experiences 
people, young people with this adverse experiences became more resilient the more connections they had. So it was clear when they were even connected to with a custodian at the school or someone in the lunch line would call them by name. It was really about connections where they felt like they were connected to others and they belonged, that they showed more resilience in in a long-term study later on in life. So it was fascinating. And so I love that you've picked the word resilient. It is time for our resilience. So what do, what do you believe right now? What do we need to do to be a resilient species in this massive evolutionary crisis that we're in? Well, the first thing we need to do, all of us, is to connect with the source as intensely and deeply and passionately as we possibly can. And it really doesn't matter what door we take into that connection, whether it's a Christian door or a Buddhist door or a Hindu door, that doesn't matter. What matters more than anything at this moment is that we surrender in our inmost self to the great self, to the great intelligence, to the great divine truth that is eternal reality. Because if we think that we can face what's happening, this massive eruption of every kind of crisis on our own and with our own resources and with our own small consciousnesses, we are savagely mistaken. This crisis goes far beyond anything that we've ever experienced as a human race before. It's extremely dangerous to our survival. It's quite clear the world is in the hands of very dark forces that are also extremely violent with the possibility now of nuclear war being closer than at any other time since Hiroshima. And we cannot stop thinking that the environment is collapsing, which it is, and it's going much faster than we imagined. So we need to reconnect with source so as to be strong enough in our inmost realization to be able to face exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is that we're in, and this is something that Carolyn and I make clear, We're in the third stage of Kali's dance. These stages are known in the ancient traditions, and this is known in the ancient Hindu tradition as Kali Yuga, the yuga of the terrible destruction of illusion, the end of a whole cycle, the end of a whole way of being with the potential rebirth of another much more glorious way of being hidden in the core of all of the madness and the chaos. But the very important thing for all of us is to face where we are, and that is that we've gone beyond the first stage, which is called the ominous stage, where the crises start, and then we've gone beyond the dangerous stage because we've had so many crises which we haven't attended to, political, economic, environmental. We're now in the severe stage, which is a stage so disruptive, where the crises erupt all around and where we we'll have to summon up our deepest powers and passions to be able to in any way get through this stage, let alone thrive in this stage, let alone potentially turn it around so it doesn't become the lethal stage in which everything that we know of as human civilization could very well be destroyed. Once you really see this, what's essential is to reconnect 
not only with source, but with self, with other, and with the earth. With self through a deep, deep spiritual practice, but also a deep physical practice that enables you to experience your divine animal, your embodied self that has been so enchained and so degraded in the general degradation of the feminine. A new relationship with others, grounded in great compassion because we're all in this situation together, and grounded in great nakedness and great intimacy and great tenderness and great desire for the other's benefits and welfare, a new embodied divine love, and connection with the earth, a profound cultivation of praise and rapture at the glory of nature, and a profound cultivation not only of that intimate relationship with the glory that is the core of the way in which nature heals and inspires us, but also a new relationship with animals, a new relationship with animals that recognizes their holiness, their sacredness, the horror of what we're doing to them, and commits ourselves to establishing a much deeper sacred union with animal in us and around us, and far more just policies towards them. These are the ways in which we fortify ourselves. And that fortification of ourselves through deep spiritual practice, through immersion too in the practices that bring us into our body, into the sacred body, through cultivating much profounder, richer, deeper, more sacred relationships with others and with animals. This is the basis for going through this huge evolutionary storm with dignity and with meaning and with purpose and with calm and with a certain kind of majesty and dignity. Mm. Andrew, I I just want to pause there because what I'm hearing from you is not only reconnect with source, but reconnect with others and the earth and the animals and nature and everything through the source, through our connection with the earth, through the sacred. I want to just invite our conversation to go deeper into what that really means to reconnect with source, because you and I've had conversations about, about the divine. And I, I think that these times really invite us into that experience of God or that mysticism that you're an incredible expert in. You've studied the mystics and, and, have a beautiful voice for that, rather than that thinking of God. So our spiritual practices that you're talking about really deepen into an intimate relationship Absolutely. with Source. Yes. How how can we teach our listeners? What what might you say to the listeners about really deepening into that experience of God? that embodiment of source of really finding that divine spark that's within us instead of just thinking about it, something outside of ourselves. I would say to all of you, believe what the great mystics of every tradition are saying to you, which is very simple. And that is that your fundamental consciousness is divine. Excuse me. Believe this because if you go on the path 
to discover this, you will one day be initiated into the truth of this, and you will be so grateful that you believed enough to do the work. There is a very simple way that you can right now connect with the mystery that you are inextricably and eternally one with through this grace of divine consciousness at the core of you. And this way is the way that nearly all the great mystics of the traditions choose as the swiftest, most sure, most purifying, most passionate way of getting into naked, direct connection with the source. I love the word for God that the Sufi uses, beloved. And I love it because just saying beloved helps me tune my whole being to the mystery of the love that is the mystery of the mystery. So I am going to invite you just to say the word beloved and by that word mean the whole of reality and all the realities you don't understand all nested in the mystery of an eternal light, a one intelligence, one, 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 beyond concept, beyond duality, beyond opposites. Beautiful. That's really beautiful, and I love that word too, beloved. And um, thank you it for bringing that in. Establishes intimacy. Yeah, that's it. So that yeah. as soon as you say beloved, and truly, simply say beloved to the whole of the mystery, including the mystery of your own journey, the mystery of the situation in the world, the mystery of the creation, the mystery of the way in which the light becomes form, the mystery of the light's play in form, all of these mysteries, once you name them beloved, you become intimate with them, and they become intimate with you. And every time you say the word of, of the name of God with devotion, you clean the mirror of your heart. Until one day that mirror is so clean and so purified that you will see the whole of reality shining in the divine light. You will see it with your naked, open eyes, and you will know that the divine reality is looking through you at itself. This is not poetry because it's happened to me as it's happened to hundreds of thousands of those who have chosen this humble, passionate path of saying the name in the heart. So whatever name, if it's Jesus or, or Buddha or Rumi or any name, any mantra that brings you the essence of divine reality, say it and say it with the intense devotion that you would say to the beloved, the beloved of beloveds, and amazing things will open in your heart. This is Beautiful. a guarantee of the divine. I love that. I think you were tapped in when when you said this isn't poetry because I was thinking how poetic your expression always is. And I really appreciate that because the invitation is poetic, but it is very um, 
a tangible path to that reconnection with the mystery. I, I always love how you put things into words. Mm. Thank, Thank you. you for, for me, poetry is the most wonderful way in which we approach the mystery. That's why I so love the great sacred texts like the Upanishads, for example, that are written in majestic Sanskrit poetry that translates wonderfully in grandeur and power. And that's why I love Rumi so much. And that's why Rumi means everything to me, because he expresses not just the texture of divine reality, he expresses the emotions, the revelations, the intensification of all of life that happens on this amazing path. And he expresses it with such shatteringly gorgeous imagery that you feel it full in the chest, golden knife in your innards. Mm. Yes. So so while we're on this topic, because I I love really bringing the mystics into this time, and I know Savage Grace really, really helps us look at this dark dark night. Well, I think it's just very simple. If you don't bring the mystics deep into your life, and if you don't find your divine foundation in this time, this time will drive you mad. It will drive you out of your mind and out of any kind of joy and out of any kind of mission. It is savagely dangerous, terrible, and ferocious. Yes. And so as we talk, we, you know, we know the environment is doing things. And, and as we're having this conversation, many of my friends have lost their homes in fires and hurricanes. But now we also have this emergence of this very visible individual and collective shadow. And, and on our planet, we're, we're watching this sexual harassment, sexual assault piece coming forward. Let's talk about the divine feminine while we're still on the topic of reconnecting with source because what we've done for you can tell me how many years on our planet of really denying the divine feminine and and how does that fit in when we're talking about reconnecting with source well it's everything it's the key of keys Mm. this is a fierce feminine event. This is Kali, the dark feminine, dancing to destroy all the illusions that we've been pursuing, which are fundamentally illusions of separation from life and illusions that are now endangering life on every level. Yeah. From the insect that is dying out in unprecedented numbers to the animals that are dying out in unprecedented numbers. We are now a death machine. And we've created that death machine out of a psychotic imbalance of the masculine that has been enshrined as truth and enshrined in structures of power for now over 3,500 years. And this has meant a degradation of the feminine in every level, in women, in gay people, in the attitude to the body as something disgusting and demeaning to be degraded or tortured or put down. In the attitude to sexuality as something unclean and obscene instead of potentially ecstatic and glorious. In the attitude to the earth itself as inferior to the light instead of a glorious manifestation of the light. And this catastrophe has created a human race truly addicted to despair and to death and really nihilistic and not at all in love with life and capable of watching the potential collapse of everything, sipping its Chardonnay and doing very little. 
Mm. And this is due, all of this, from the terrible destruction to the terrible apathy. This is due to a radical disconnection from the glory and the tenderness and the passion and the richness and the juice and the power of the divine feminine, the force of divine love and passion that lives in and as absolutely everything, and the great force of wisdom that is directing this vast drama and playing all the parts in this vast drama, and the force that lives inside the body, the divine force in the body, in the divine animal part of the body, that longs to dance and play and express its adoration and express its divine senses in deep love and deep sacred connection. This is the great revolution of our time. So the Kali force that is ripping open and destroying our illusions is also the Kali golden force that is opening us up, those of us who are willing to go through this extreme experience, opening us up to the enormity of the feminine, to the vastness, the beauty, and also the terrible challenge of the feminine to become really authentic, really real, really in the body, really present, really naked, really intimate, really bringing the fullness of ourself to deal with what is exploding everywhere from a place of profound peace and profound passion and unity and profound compassion in action. Mm. Yes, thank you. And oh, again, I want to I want to transcribe this conversation because it's so important. And you're bringing up some really beautiful um, pieces to our healing. And so when I'm thinking about the healing of the feminine yes. and this, what we're going through as a collective culture here is really important work bringing up this shadow and moving through it we need to take a yes. break and i really want to dig into this as healing and as this resilience that we're talking about this dark night is but don't let um, sentimentalize the healing healing can and some of these situations must begin at least by being very ferocious Healing yes. has a very ferocious side, especially when it's coming from the fierce feminine godhead, the fierce feminine crying Thank out for that. justice. Right. Yeah, this is important. And these women's voices are important. And, you know, essential. everyone's, yes, essential. People are having different re reactions to that. Let's talk more about that after the break. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. We're here with the brilliant and passionate Andrew Harvey, and we'll be right back. Store or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, 
Calm Your Mind, the Empower Meditation Channel. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound, chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Any daughter would do the same. But soon enough, he needed help doing more things. And it was up to me to be his personal shopper and financial manager, too. And before I knew it, Dad moved in with me. So I became his cook, his personal assistant, his physical therapist, and even his nurse. When I started taking care of Dad, I didn't realize all the roles I'd have to play. But no matter what, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the many roles you play. And to help, we created an online caregiving resource center. At aarp.org caregiving, you can find resources and connect with the caregiving community. Together, we can better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving to learn more. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For For taking taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And And now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Be the change you want to see in the world. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Andrew Harvey, Dear friend and mentor and really a global mentor for all of us going through this dark night of the globe. Andrew, we were just talking before the break about this healing process and healing this feminine wound that we've we've seen ourselves in for this 35,000, 3,500 years God, on the planet. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, um, it, it, you write. And ferocity and, is needed, isn't it? This is what's happening yes. in this tremendous wave of real outrage that women are at last allowing themselves and being allowed to have. This is an amazing manifestation of the fierce feminine of Kali saying, this has got to stop. It's disgusting. 
disgusting, it's demeaning, it's degrading, and it demeans and degrades the men who do it. And yeah. any woman I know tells me that they've all been through this. This is something they've had to put up with their whole lives and are so amazed that at last this is coming out in such a way that men in power are being held accountable. This is a very important moment. It is an important moment. It's a pivotal moment. And to really, so thank you for acknowledging that because we've been doing a, a series here on the Dr. Julie Show with the Me Too campaign where, you know, these women have stepped forward and said, Me Too. And right. what I'm finding, Andrew, is I I don't know a woman who said that's never happened to me. I've never met anyone yet. I haven't either. And, Yes. And as and a gay man, I've had very privileged intimacy with some amazing women, all of whom have the most appalling stories. It's, it's exactly. And what I'm finding is women are still shamed. They're still shamed for coming out, for speaking out, for saying me too. There's this, there's this endemic fear. Well, far less than they were. This is what's so yes. encouraging. Of course, we're in the day when Alabama might elect this child molesters for senator, so anything is still possible, but it's also true that women are being given the truth of their experience by people. They're being really honored, and that is a wonderful thing to be encouraged immensely on all levels. Yeah. So what would you say about the healing? I'm, I'm redoing a program after the first of the year for some deep healing of this intimacy and power and, and this feminine wound that we've had. And I know in the book you talk about going downward and inward is our only way that we can really open to this power, to this mystery and be guided through whatever unfolds. And I've been encouraging people to That's to it. do the same. It's like it's our time to go downward and inward, connecting reconnecting with source, like you talked about, reconnecting with all things through that divine source. And and really, like you said, taking that fierce stand and, and knowing this is our time. This is our time. I think that's true. But I think what is really important, and we must dwell on this, is the importance of shadow work, that without yes. doing very deep and sometimes very painful shadow work on yourself, you won't truly understand the depth of the way in which the feminine has been destroyed in our world. Mm. You have to experience, unfortunately, that destruction of your own feminine, of your own relationship to your own body, to your own sexuality, to your own love of life, to your own deep connection with others, to your own relationship with animals. You have to go deep into that and deep into the paralysis and apathy and sadness and grief and betrayal and torment and deep confusion at the core of all of us at this moment. And that tenderizes you, that breaks you down, that opens you up to heartbreak and to compassion for others and to a tremendous sorrow, a vast sorrow at what has been done to all of us, men and women, in the name of patriarchy, in the name of this obsession 
with power and money in the name of this dominator paradigm that is all about strip mining the creation and never about loving, cherishing, protecting, honoring it and celebrating it as a divine manifestation of her beauty and her power. Mm. Thank you for mentioning that because when when we're talking about the masculine and feminine, we aren't talking about men and women. We're really talking about something bigger than all of us, and this oh is God, for all of us to do. Deepest in men, because yes, women at least have the inherent connection with the feminine from being born women. However damaged it is in most women, in all women, I would say. But men are even more disconnected by being born into a sex that has been given carte blanche. And I mean the word blanche, white. And that this orgy of dissociation that men have indulged in have made them paradoxically the most wounded in their feminine. And that's the cause of so much of the horror and madness and violence and lust for power in the world. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wisdom right there. And I hope I hope our men listeners are really listening to that because this this is the time for all of us. And it's and really men have responded very well to the Me Too. Oh, Most I think men, men are showing up in amazing ways. I don't want yeah. any man listening to be despondent. I think this is an extraordinarily beautiful time for men. I see young men so mature in their sexuality, so loving of their gay friends, so unhomophobic, so respectful towards women, so beautiful and passionate and virile themselves, but so attuned to their feminine. This is a revolution that's happening. And yeah. there is a revolution among men happening because there are many, many men for whom this side of the masculine is truly an abomination, something that they know does not correspond to anything that they feel from the depths of their heart for a woman, for a woman who commands their divine tantric imagination. Yeah. It's a mm. new world. And it's being born. It's here. It's one of the signs of this birth, this new birth that's happening in the middle of all of this chaos, is that there are now on the planet men who are tremendously in awe of the feminine, truly in love with the feminine, and truly willing to protect and stand up for the feminine. This is an amazing breakthrough. It really is. It really is. A, a fascinating um, process to just witness and hold in its in its sacredness, like you're talking and in about its this intensity of opposites. Don't you find it's it's oh, that's what yeah. makes it sacred? Is that as soon as I say there are men being born and active in the world now who are like this, immediately you think of all the men, of course, who in power who aren't like this, including, of course, the president and his gang of thugs. And yeah. you realize that this is a tremendous explosion of all the evolutionary possibilities almost at once, the very, very worst and the very, very best coexisting in this lunacy together. You know, I just had this vision, Andrew, a couple well, the summer before Trump was elected. I had this marathon epic dream and I was seeing all the opposites. I was seeing duality in this really 
tangled web and literally it, it was like all the levels of consciousness but what was happening in my dream was this imagine all these threads that are just tangled up but it was organized and it was literally just continuums where people's consciousness were just traveling along these continuums and then last night I wake in the middle of the night and I just saw, I saw that same tangled web where we're all moving more into balance and the continuums are resolving of this duality. And then I just saw this beautiful spiraling, ascending light moving up through this whole tangled mess. And it, it felt so hopeful to believe that it might feel like a tangled mess right now. We are going through the dark night of the globe as you speak. And this light is here, this potential, this creative potential to rebirth is hidden within this chaos. And Absolutely, yes. but we have to go fast now. That's the key. Yes. We can't simply step back and watch the spiral. We have to be the spiral. We are the spiral. Exactly. And that's where it's essential to reconnect through activism, through sacred activism, through an activism inspired by sacred consciousness, a new form of activism that honors the great achievements of Gandhi and Lech Valenza and Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela, and that puts into practice the force of the soul that nonviolent resistance can harness. So it's essential that we realize that we're being challenged not just to register the depth of the crisis, not just to respond to it through reconnection with source and self and others, but to do something. Because that doing, inspired by sacred passion, is what's going to unify us and bring us meaning and purpose and joy. Yes. So the doing piece inspired by, by you call it sacred activism. I've been using the term awakened action. Like we're all about awakening, thinking there's something going to happen within our consciousness. But as we're awakened, let's put that into action, right? If we really You're awakened it- to a terrible crisis which could threaten the future of humanity. You're awakened to a mega death that's happening all around you. You're awakened yes. to the genocide of the animals. You're not just awakened to the light and to the truth and to the one. That is the most amazing awakening which grounds you in your timeless nature. But simultaneously, the mask is ripped off reality and real awakening and you're shown what's really going on. And because you're no longer defended in your heart, your heart responds immediately with what can I do from what I know Mm -hmm. and see. That's it. So what can we do? Let's talk about the regeneration now, because this isn't a time of sustainability anymore. We're, We're past that. And we really need to work toward our awakened action. Our sacred activism is really about regenerative action. Yes. What what would you say today to our listeners w- about regeneration? Because that's one of the, the things you talk about in the book, besides reconnection and resistance and resilience. It really is a time for our regenerative action. Well, if you're going to be a lover and a doer of regenerative action, you're going to need to know how to regenerate yourself in the most fundamental way of regenerating yourself is by bathing continually in the joy that is the core of the divine. All the great mystic traditions tell us that the 
final nature of the Godhead is a boundless, tender, ecstatic bliss, a joy beyond any reason, a joy that bubbles up from the core of everything for no reason except its own glorious, playful, finally beautiful self. Mm. And if you are a mystic or pursue a mystical path, this revelation will come to you. And what we need to do to regenerate is to really train our lives for joy. And that means drink deep of all of the forms of inspiration that most deeply move us. Drink deep of devotion to the divine, by whatever name we know the divine. Drink deep of passionate immersion in the great healing arts, the great healing art of music, the great healing art of mystical poetry, the great healing art of divine painting. Drink deep of the great messages and great soul force that is in the great traditions of poetry. Drink deep of walking in nature and breathing in the mother in nature. Drink deep of your sacred communion with animals and the electrifying tender revelations they can bring you. Drink deep of being someone called to be part of the great birth, feeling the epic challenge of that in the core of you, and then drink deep of the joy of turning up in your heartbreak to do something about what you're most heartbroken about so that you can serve and help with everything that you've been given and all the insights and revelations that now steady you and give you the energy to go on going on. Mm. Andrew, I really, I just want to pause and drink deep into that because what you're inviting us to do is the healing response. We can look at this massive evolutionary crisis and fear up and tense up and believe it's way too big for me. And what you did was you invited us into this bathe in the joy of the divine and so many beautiful invitations just right there for us to connect with that source, reconnecting, finding ourselves and being in that state of joy so we can respond responsibly and not be in this state of chronic stress and and debilitating and paralysis and despair and cynicism and nihilism and desire for the whole thing to just explode and be over these are very great shadows that afflict us all yes thank you for that power joy is the power that can refresh you and make you young in your heart and soul through its sacred fire and from that new reclaimed youth, you can go forward and serve again and pull yourself out and get wounded and bloodied and despairing and return to the great sources of joy to be refreshed so that you can renew the great soul fight for the future. Beautiful. So as that divine consciousness is at the core of who we are, we return there and come and spill that over and over and over again, whether we're whether we're midwiving this 
new beautiful potential that's hidden in the chaos or whether we're hospicing all the things that are breaking down around us and really hospicing and really grieving these systems that we, you know, that really have been a part of that, that great illusion. Absolutely. It's uh, going to be an amazing journey for all of us. It is already, and it's going to get even more extreme. Mm. And that's why I'm so insistent on people training in joy, because if you don't train for the joy of existence, you won't find it easy to find it in an age in which Kali is dancing to trample out all of the illusions that you've been addicted to for 3,000 years. It's very important to go very deep, as deep as you can, to the central water at the bottom of the bottom of the well, and that is the pure water of a naked joy at existence. And from that place, you can stand anything, you can endure anything, and you can find your way of serving love and truth, even in very extreme circumstances. Mm. That's the fundamental lesson of our time. And it's a lesson that if you can take it full in the chest without any kind of illusion, should wake you up to perhaps the greatest paradox of all, that being the worst imaginable of times, this is also the best imaginable of times, because those who wake up to its absolute ferocity get awoken also to the necessity of plunging deep into the core of reality to find the jewel hidden at the center of reality, the jewel of divine consciousness with its peace and its passion and its compassion and its commitment to calm, wise, radical, urgent action born out of unity consciousness, of consciousness of unity and love with all things. Mm. Let's, let's, you know, as, as you're bringing in unity consciousness here, um, the book invites us into that unity by real practical ways of understanding reconnection and, and really what that means for our resilience, for, for resistance, for regeneration. I'm just, I love that. But, but the book itself really is about unity consciousness and this unitive consciousness. What one piece, I'm just, I'm sitting here in awe and I want to just really bathe in your beautiful poetic words and this drinking deep in the devotion. But what one piece might you encourage our listeners today as they're getting in touch with this joy and they're coming from this place, what do you see as most helpful when it comes to the sacred activism and the action? You've threw out a lot of suggestions for well, us. Well, I think the most, two suggestions for people really. Thank you for asking these lovely questions. Mm-hmm. The first is that I would encourage everyone listening to start to dance to really make for themselves a CD of their favorite, most exhilarating, most ecstatic, most passionate dance music and incorporate it into every day's devotion. So begin Mm -hmm. a day by a quarter of an hour of silent meditation, just watching your thoughts. Then say for a quarter of an hour the name of God. Then just get up and dance and offer up your whole heart, mind, soul, body, to the music, and so to the great music of the great dance that is the dance of Kali. 
the dance I of love reality. That. And the second piece of advice I'd give to people is that if you truly want to find out what you're being summoned to do something about, get up one morning very soon at about five o'clock, surround yourself with the peace and the protection of the divine and ask yourself one question until you get the answer. What of all the causes in the world now erupting breaks my heart the most? What really gets to you? Mm. At first, many causes will arise, but press on because there'll be something that you can hardly bear to think about, which causes you so much suffering in the heart that you would rather not think about it. For me, it was what's really happening to animals. And it's when I diagnosed that I could hardly bear to read anything about it, that I understood that it was what I was being called to serve. Yes. Ask that question and find out that heartbreak and make a commitment to do something in the next week about that heartbreak in the real world. That would be a wonderful start to becoming a true sacred activist. That's a beautiful prescription, beautiful direction. I, I really, I've said that, I've repeated that to people um, throughout the years as you've shared that with me of what breaks your heart open the most. And yes. it's something that really can direct us into what is ours to do. Because here's, here's the bottom line. We don't have to do all of it. No, we, we can't. Be, we become aware. We absolutely can't do everything, but there are there's so much. Just like you said, with this massive evolutionary crisis going on, we have everything from the animals and the insects and our food supply and and sexual assault and harassment and and the environment and the fires and the hurricanes. We can't do it all. No, so but we can what do what is ours to do, and we can find out what that is through this tremendous exercise, because yes. when you find out your radical heartbreak, you find the way in which your wound connects with the wound of the world, and you find also, paradoxically, the bliss mm. that is waiting for you to discover when you dedicate yourself to doing something real about that wound. Beautiful. And there will be bliss. And there will be, there will oh, there be. there can only be bliss at that level when yeah. you're doing your heart's purpose. The greatest bliss comes to those who act out of deep love. That's the greatest bliss. The other Beautiful. blisses are nothing compared to the golden wine that is poured out to the warrior lovers, those who take the path of service into the inferno of the world. They know the greatest bliss. Hmm. Wow. You know, I'm thinking, too, of, of what you're inviting us into as we, as we go into silent meditation and, and reciting the name of God and dancing every day. Literally, what you're inviting us into is to not reject the dark forces, not reject our experiences, not reject our grief and our anger, but to not really move all. into Don't all of it. Dance, dance with it. them. Dance your grief. Dance your anger. Dance your outrage. Don't reject it. Turn it into beauty. Turn it into energy. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I want you to speak 
we have about five minutes left in the show, Andrew, or maybe four. And I, I would really love for you to just talk about grace, because I know that's our whole conversation has been about grace. And your title of your book is Savage Grace. Yes. As we're going through this dark night, just speak a little bit about grace, because it's to me, it just warms my well, heart to, to hear the, the word. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we call the book Savage Grace because for us, for Carolyn Baker and myself, this time itself is a huge divine event. It's a Kali event. It's a manifestation of the ferocious feminine in all her terror and horror and majesty and beauty and love. And this incineration of our illusions that we're going through is horribly painful. This explosion of all of our fantasies is appalling. This suffering that we're inflicting on each other as we go mad in this crisis is atrocious. All these things are true and all these things are real. But what's also real is that this time is a ferocious blessing to the authentic seeker because it makes it possible for anyone authentic not to go far, far deeper into the path to discover the essence of the path, the essence of divine consciousness. This is a savage grace. And another savage grace is that this crisis is an evolutionary crisis, and we will either evolve at the speed of light, urgently and very confusedly with great, great suffering, or we will die out. There is no other option now. We're mm -hmm. in the storm of the birth canal of a new embodied divine humanity, and this storm is terrible and the birth canal is seized by convulsions and constrictions as well as expansions and revelations and it's an atrocious process but it is a glorious process and this yes. glorious process is the glorious process of the birth of a new embodied divine humanity which is happening in the middle of all of this madness. Be part of it and participate in it because this is a participatory experiment with her. Mm -hmm. And what this means is turning up in the depths of your life with your heart open to the truth of what's happening um, and your resources dedicated to doing something real inspired by sacred love to heal and to help in the middle of an evolutionary nightmare. Mm. We have to, at this moment, realize that we've been called to gamble our lives away for her, to really go forward not knowing where we're going to end, because nobody knows where this is going to end. But knowing that if we give everything, and give everything from a clear and wise and brilliant heart, then our lives will be filled with passion, joy, and meaning. So become a sacred activist and find this out. Beautiful. Andrew Harvey, I love you and your impassioned voice of, of clarity and yet um, hope and beauty and joy. I love that. I have a quote I want to share before we, we close this because your words are so... Um, poignant, but thank you so much for joining me again today and having My this conversation. Great it My is great so honor. important. Mm, yeah, such an important conversation.
So I, I just have this quote, everyone who fears for the future needs now to connect radically with the peace, joy, strength, persistence, and wisdom that our original birthright of divine consciousness makes possible and sustains. Claiming and experiencing our divine consciousness ends the illusion of separation from ourselves each other and the earth oh thank you for those beautiful words and inspiration andrew my great pleasure thank you so much for the work you do julie god bless you always a great joy to be with you Mm, thank you thank you and thank you listeners you've been listening to the dr julie show all things connected thanks for tuning in today and remember together we are creating connections for the good of the whole until next time i'm sending you a world of love bye for now 